Hey, welcome to Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to The Heart of the Issue, Untangling Emotions, Part 1. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jesus a mighty praise in this place. I want to begin uh, today in the book of James chapter 4. You probably won't clap your hands since you won't even clap for Jesus. You probably won't clap for this passage of scripture, but I'm going to share it anyways. James chapter 4 verse 1, it says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but you don't have, so you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you don't ask God, but when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Anyone want to clap? I want to call our message this morning, and then you can take a seat. The heart of the issue. The heart of the issue. You can take a seat. Come on, can we give it up for the worship team? One more time. Come on, how's everyone doing today? So glad you guys could be here today. My name is Harrison, and I'm just honored you took some time to spend with us on this lovely, beautiful, extended summer, it kind of feels like. Come on, somebody. Sunday morning. Uh, I'm super pumped because we're beginning a brand new series today, and uh, this is, for us as a church, this is our first series since all the way back in the month of June, and we usually preach in series, but it's kind of been a crazy summer, just like launching this place and then kind of not knowing what was up, not knowing what was next, so um, I'm just excited for this series today. I'm excited because I believe over the next month, what the Lord wants to do is he wants us as a church to get rooted. And so that's what we're gonna kind of do in this series. We're gonna do a deep dive. Um, Our series for the next month is called Untangling Emotions. Untangling Emotions. You guys see the fancy graphic behind us and uh, all of those emojis that you see are some of the emotions that we'll probably go through in this series. Um, If you guys were with us, Three weeks ago for Vision Sunday, uh, you will know that as a church, we believe that the vision that God has given us for this next season, for this next year, for the next 365, is as a church, God is calling us to go deeper. Someone shout deeper. Deeper. We're going to go deeper in this series. And I just believe that kind of why I wanted to start here in this series um, about untangling emotions is that I believe that our emotions are kind of a key that we need to unlock in order for us to go deeper, not only in our lives, but also in our walks with Jesus. Now, in this series, I'm gonna um, kind of be pulling from a whole bunch of different sources. I might even give you guys a reading list uh, in my best John Mark Comer impression, uh, just to get Chase excited. But um, in this series, uh, as I said, a uh, whole bunch of different sources, but I kind of have a, a key thought for this series. And um, this thought is not actually my own. Um, I got it from a, a man named Pete Cicero, and he's written a whole bunch of books called Emotionally Healthy. 
and there's emotionally healthy spirituality, leadership, discipleship, so on and so forth, but I just would recommend any of them to you. But he has a thought, and it's actually gonna be the thought that guides our series. It's simply this, um, and why I'm doing this series to kind of kick off this year of going deeper, Um, but it's this. We cannot be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. So I would say it like this. We can't be spiritually healthy while remaining emotionally unhealthy. Now, maybe you didn't know this, but I actually believe that your relationship and the depth of all of our relationships with Jesus hinges on our emotional health. Now, the truth is, all of us, we're filled with emotions. How many of y'all in this room are feelers? Like, I just feel things, Pastor. Anyone like that here this morning? We all feel things. But the truth is, I would wager to guess that a lot of us, although we know that we're feeling things, we may not always know exactly or what we're even feeling. Um, I have three kids under the age of three. Well, three, yeah, under the age of three. They all, well, the girls, I have twin girls, they turn three in November, and then my son turns one in November. Everyone's birthday in my household is November, even my wife, but not me. Come on, somebody, because I am special, and I deserve to be celebrated my own month. Um, (laughs) But three kids under three, our girls are two, but they're turning three uh, in a month, which is cool. And so they're kind of at an age, which is is cool, and if you have kids, you know what it's like, where they can now kind of communicate And communication is really nice because they can tell you like if they're hungry or if they're tired or if they want to go somewhere or do something. Um, And so it really helps a lot just understanding what they want. However, because they're two years old, although they can communicate, they're still emotionally immature. Why? Because they're two. And so anyone that uh, has little kids will know that like, your kids can be rational and sane and tell you what they want. But then there's those moments Parents, you guys know those moments where like out of nowhere and for no particular reason, sometimes really like no rhythm or rhyme, one of them will just start to like scream and cry and kind of just freak out. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that with kids? I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm a terrible parent. Um, come on. Come on, Ryan. Thank you so much. Um, our daughters are like the same age exactly, which is crazy. But um, it's funny because like uh, literally like there's nothing you can do in those moments. Because like you can say like, well, do you want like food or do you want to sleep? Or like, what do you want? And they're just crying. They're just losing their mind. My favorite is when um, Abigail kind of has the freakouts. Then Kensley will go, uh, what's wrong with Abby? <laughs> she goes, what's wrong with Abby? Um, and the answer is, I don't know. But even more apt, Abby doesn't know. She doesn't know what she's feeling. Why? Because she's two and because she's emotionally immature. Now, she's not not feeling anything. Like, she's feeling something. There's something going on inside of her. But the truth is, the emotion she's feeling on the outside, which kind of just comes out as a temper tantrum, is not actually what she's feeling on the inside. Are you guys following And the reason I'm telling this story is because none of us, as far as I can tell, are two years old in the room today. But the truth is, you may not kick and scream, and you may not be uncontrollably um, unable for anyone to, to console you, but I would wager to guess all of us have had these exact moments where something is going on inside of us that elicits a reaction on the outside, but our outward reaction 
is not actually true to what we are feeling on the inside. And you're saying to yourself, well, Harrison, why don't we just share what's going on in the inside? Well, I have a theory and why I think this series needs five weeks. Um, We don't actually know what we're feeling on the inside. And so the reason I'm calling this series Untangling Emotions is because I know that so many of us are actually dealing and struggling with emotions, with thoughts, with feelings, and we don't even know what's going on. Now, some of us are saying, well, Harrison, like, I know, no, no, I know I'm angry. Like, I know I'm just, I'm steaming. Or someone's like, I know, like, I'm anxious. I just, I just know it. But what I want to suggest is that a lot of times the immediate emotions that we feel on the outside are actually just a picture of the deeper things that are going on on the inside. And so this series, what we're going to do is we're going to go beneath the surface, beneath the surface. And I I don't know exactly how many weeks that it's going to be, but I think it's going to take a few weeks for us to kind of dig into those big things. So today what we're going to do is kind of going to be an overview. Can I give you guys an overview today? And then in the coming weeks, I'm going to get more specific. I'm going to talk about like anger. I'm going to talk about anxiety and, and, and all these kind of bigger emotions. But today, I need to give us an overview. And I want us to understand and I need us to lean in. Because if you miss today, the rest won't matter. So can we lean in this morning? Okay, three of you guys. All right, we're going to get emotionally healthy, the four of us. Thank you, Amy. Come on, somebody. James chapter four is where I want to be this morning and we're going to kind of break this down. I think this is one of the most rich passages in all of scripture Um, and I've preached it many times but you can take so many different things from it. So James four verse one says it like this. It says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Now, as we read this verse, those of us sitting in the audience today, this should kind of make us perk up a little bit. Because the Bible, I just happen to believe, is the inspired word of God. And like, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many guys have some conflict in your life right now? Uh, some honest people, amazing. Like, I got conflict, I got some issues, I got some beef, I got fights, I got quarrels. Anyone in the room this morning? If that's you, James is about to answer the question. He says, where does it come from? Like, okay, like lean in. You guys ready? You guys ready? Where does it come from? He says, don't they come from the desires that battle within you? What you talking about, James? Like, that's not what I want him to say. What I I want James to say is the conflicts and the quarrels come from the people in my life that are inconsiderate. Come on, can we be honest in church this morning? What we want James to say is the quarrels and the fights come from the people that only think about themselves and don't care about me. Come come on, can I get an amen this morning? That's what we want. That's what we want the Bible to say. That's what I wish the Bible says. What is the Bible, what what is the inspired word of God? You got an issue, take it up with with James and, and with the Lord when you see him in heaven. He says, where does the fights, where do conflict and quarrels come from? He says they come from the desires, listen to this, they come from the emotions that battle within me. So listen, I got a word from the Lord for you this morning. You got conflict in your life. You got conflict in your marriage. You got conflict in your friend group. I want you to shout this out after I say it. 
you can just shout out one word. I'll, I'll tell you what the issue is. The problem is me. Can you guys shout me? Someone shout me. <laughs> the problem is me. The problem is me. I, I preached a sermon three years ago called The Problem Is Me. Otherwise, I would have called this sermon The Problem Is Me. Because this is the issue that we need to get to in this message. And this is the issue we need to get to throughout this entire series. That at the very end of the day, when it comes to our emotions, and a lot of times the conflict, the troubles that our emotions bring us, the issue isn't other people, the problem is me. Now the truth is, most of the time what we want to do is we want to look outwards. And, and not even when fights and, and quarrels, but even like how I am as a person. When it comes to like who I am, my personality, there's something inside of us that wants to say, well, I am this way because of them. Because of you, because of fill in the blank. I am this way because of something that happened to me when I was 13. This is why I am the way I am. Now, this message isn't a conflict sermon. Again, I could preach a whole conflict sermon and how to help you with that, but I really want to talk about emotions. But the reason I need to talk about conflict is because conflict is a great barometer when it comes to understanding our emotions. Because in the midst of conflict, things come out of us that many times we don't even know are there. But conflict is trying to tell us something, and conflict is a great revealer to what is going on inside of me. And so when it comes to the conflict that you are experiencing in your life, I know for a lot of us, the reason you're in it is because you're waiting for the other person. But what if in the midst of this conflict that you're going through today, God doesn't want you to learn about them. God wants you to learn about you. I need to understand me. Now, I know, I know someone's sitting there and they're saying, well, Harrison, listen, like I get this stuff. I get the Bible. Um, but like what I'm going through, and why I am the way I am, it's not because of me. The issue is them. It's just it's not me, Pastor. Listen, I don't know your conflict, um, but I know exactly what the problem is. Can I speak into it for a second? You're like, Harrison, you don't know. How I can, I, listen, just follow along. I know exactly what your issue is. Can I tell you what your issue is? You guys leaning in? Here's your issue, here's why you have conflict in your marriage friend groups, work, wherever. Pretty simple. You, say it like this, I didn't get what I wanted. Why do you have conflict? You didn't get what you want. Can I show you what it looks like? It looks like this. Marriage, you guys know what it's like. It's like all day you've been given the hint in terms of what you want your spouse to do. Like I told them from the time they woke up to take out that trash and they did not. And so by the nighttime, you do the only sane thing possible. You give them the silent treatment. <laughs> and you're thinking to yourself, well, of course I'm giving them the silent treatment because they didn't take out the trash. No, no, no. Rewind it. What really happened is you didn't get what you wanted. You guys ever been there? Or maybe it's something better where it's like, I've been giving my wife the, like, the you know what all day for like how I want the night to end. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Anyone been there? And it's like, at the very end of the day, when it doesn't go down how I want it to go down, now I'm angry. 
Now I'm like, yeah, we can just watch whatever you want to watch. I don't really care. Turn the TV on. And there's something inside you that says, well, they didn't give me what I wanted, but here's the truth. The reality is, no, it's not they, it's you didn't get what you want. Listen, at your workplace, you, you did more than you've ever done. You feel like you're given 100, but your boss doesn't seem to care, doesn't seem to notice, doesn't compliment me, doesn't give me a raise, doesn't ever acknowledge me. And so Harrison, he's the issue. No, once again, you didn't get what she wanted. Do I need to give us some more? It's the same, listen, I'm not done yet, I'm not done yet. It's the same thing in our friend groups. What happens? Well, you would not believe Jim. Like, they had this party, and he didn't text me, and now I'm here alone, eating popcorn by myself on a Friday night. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Jim's the worst. But what really happened is that you didn't get what you want. Listen, I want you to understand every single conflict in your life is a result of you not getting what you wanted. How did I know that? The Bible. Look what James says. He says, they come from the desires that battle within you. Verse two, he says, you desire, but you do not have. In other words, you didn't get what you wanted. So he says, you kill, which is a, hyperbole for anger because like unless like you really killed Jim because Jim didn't invite you to the party so I, I stabbed him <laughs> he says you desire what you don't have so you kill you covet but you cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight where does the conflict come from it comes from not getting what I wanted how many of y'all enjoying therapy this morning it's 100% free the conflict in your life is because you didn't get what you want. Now, some of us are saying, well, Harrison, like, I thought church was supposed to be good news, pastor. Like, this does not sound like good news. This kind of sounds depressing. This kind of sucks. Why are you putting the blame on me? Listen, I'm going to tell you why this is the best news you can ever hear. You want to know why? Can I tell you? Because I can't fix other people, but I can work on me. That's why this is good news. I can't fix other people, but I can't work on me. Listen, it is so easy to blame my spouse. It is so easy to blame the church. It's so easy to blame people, friends, bosses, coworkers. But at the very end of the day, I can't fix other people. Some of y'all, you've been there. You've been trying. I've been trying to fix that person, but I can't work on me. Listen to this church, and this is where I want us to go in this series. What if the roadmap to the freedom that God has for you is not attached to anyone else, but is found working on me? And here's the truth. We will never be healthy if we buy the lie that is someone else's fault. We'll never be healthy if we buy the lie that is someone else's fault. Now, I want us to understand two things really quickly. Because someone in this room, you have been through something before. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's an abuse. Maybe it's an abandonment. I want you to understand something. Number one, I'm sorry. Because none of those things are anything that you deserve or anyone deserves. And I want you to understand wholeheartedly, those kind of things, they are not your fault. Because I don't want anyone to think I'm being callous. Because you're like, Harrison, I've been through some pretty bad things. 
But here's the next thing. I want to say this, and I say this not, again, to be callous, because I want you to experience freedom. I may not be responsible for what happened to me, but it's my responsibility to heal. Listen, I I know some of us have been through some things, and it's not your fault. Understand that it was not your fault. But it is my responsibility to heal. Because no one can heal for you. And holding offenses, holding grudges, holding anger against other people will not lead you to freedom. It'll actually just put you in bondage and enslave us. And so my hope, listen, as we go into this series about untangling emotions, listen to this, this series is not self-help. You can can go get some self-help somewhere else. That's not what we're doing here. What we're doing here is I want us to experience freedom. And here's the beauty. As we go through this series, this is not me looking in the mirror, gritting my teeth, understanding myself better. No, we are partnering with God and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I believe, is going to do a deep work inside of us as long as we are open enough to say, Jesus, the problem is me. And so now I want you to heal me. Ezekiel 36, this is a promise from God. He says, I will give them a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you that new spirit. I read it wrong. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart. Um, I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. You see, Jesus does not just want to save you from your sins. That work has been done on the cross. You want your sins forgiven? Cry out to Jesus and your sins are forgiven. But the deep work of heart transformation, that takes some, that takes some time. It takes some work. It's a deep work. It's not just a one-time thing, but the beauty is the promise remains that God can and he will do it. But here's the thing. God can't heal what I hide. Say it like this. God can't heal what I conceal. That sounds better. Can you say it again? God can't heal what I conceal. And you're like, Harrison, I don't think I'm hiding anything. Listen, I don't think we intentionally hide per se, but what I do know is that many of us are are buried behind lies that we believe are truths. Let me explain that. I talk to so many people, and I've been there myself, where there are things that we believe about ourselves that we think are absolutes and are truths that really just aren't. Any guys, you believe this lie where it's like, you know what? People will always just let you down. Anyone believe that? Anyone like this where it's like, you know what? Like, I don't think people are to be trusted. We shouldn't trust. People are just liars. How about this one? Maybe this one hits home a little more. I think I'm better off by myself. I think I'm just better by myself. You see, the truth is, whether you know it or not, and maybe some of us are emotionally aware enough to know that all of those things are lies from the pits of hell. To live a life of pessimism is not the way that you were designed to live. To live a life always thinking that people are going to let us down, betray us, is not a life that God wants us to live. What they are, they're defense mechanisms many times that we put up in order not to get hurt. And so when I say God can't heal what I conceal, what I hide, What I'm really saying is that God can heal what I don't know needs to be healed. 
And so what I want to do in this series, I want to chip away against some of the hard exteriors that we have put up, defenses, uh, just things that we believe are truths within, when in reality they're actually lies. Because when we bring it into the light, when we expose it before God, guess what? God will answer those prayers. God will free us. But look at this. He says, you do not have, James 4, because you don't ask God. In other words, it's not that I'm not asking God, because a lot of us are like, God, like, get that person out of my life. <laughs> but many times, we're not asking the right things, not because we don't want to, but because we don't even know what to ask. He says, you don't ask, you don't ask God. He says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask, look at this, with the wrong motives, that you may spend what you get in your pleasures. You could say it like this, you ask with the wrong emotions. Listen, some of us think we're, we're really angry, but you're actually really hurt. Now, anger and sadness are closer than you understand, and I'm gonna talk about that, but what happens if, if you just say, God, can you remove the anger from my life when your issue is not anger, but your issue is a deep brokenness? God can't heal what I hide. Are you guys following? Everyone here today? And so here's the truth. I think most of the time, we don't actually know what we want. Right? When I say hiding, it makes it seem like Harrison, like I'm behind a tree. No, like most of us just don't know what I want. We don't know what we want. Like I don't, I don't know what God needs to heal. And that's why in this series, and I started by saying the problem is me, is because <clears throat> there's going to be something, and maybe it's already happening today, but there's going to be something happening each and every week where I'm going to start to share and there's going to be something inside of you that says, ooh, I really hope that person's listening. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, hoo-hoo, I hope my best friend hears this one. She won't text me like that again. Listen, this series is for no one other than you. It's for no one other than me. You're like, Harrison, that doesn't sound very Christian. Shouldn't we always be looking outwards? Not this time. This is for you, this is for me. But here's the Christian part. I can't actually love people when I'm unhealthy. And I won't. In fact, what I'll do is I'll leave a body, a trail of bodies behind me, of people that I have bulldozed over in my emotional unhealth, not understanding why I am the way I am. And so here's what I want us to understand. The problem is me. We get that. So here's the second thing. That means I need to understand me. If the problem is me, I need to understand me. Because if I don't understand myself deeply, I'll only experience healing on a surface level. And I want you to understand this. If you have been prayed over, you've had a miraculous deliverance or an experience where God did something crazy, listen, that's amazing. But emotional unhealth is not a one-time prayer. It's not, it's not a one, it's not a one-night kind of thing. It's a deep work. And, and I, I say that to say these four or five weeks probably won't even be enough. But let them be the, the starting point of saying, God, I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to live in that bondage. And so, um, again, today is, is just kind of an overview. The problem is me. I need to understand me. Um, I'll give us a third and a second. But as we understand me, I kind of want to get our, get our brains going for the next couple of weeks. Um, because when it comes to our emotions... 
Generally speaking, you in this room, myself included, we fall into one of two categories. And so as I go through these categories, I want you to kind of figure out where you fall um, because it's gonna help us as we go in the coming weeks. So number one, when it comes to our emotions, some of us, um, I'm gonna call it spit it up. I live with my mindset of spit it up. What does that mean? It means emotions are everything. It's like no matter what I'm feeling, this is just me. I am my emotion. So if, if, if spit it up had a life motto, it's this. The life motto is, I feel, therefore I must. I feel, therefore I must. So if this is you, I'll kind of paint a little picture of what your life looks like. You're someone that when you go into a room, like you know immediately what everyone's feeling. Like I just have that keen sense, like I can feel their, their angers, their happiness, I just feel it. And, and the reason you feel them is because you feel yourself. Like I just, I feel everything. Now, kind of the downside when it comes to your life is that your life is a roller coaster. It's like this, right? Like I got great days, bad days, in between days, Lord get me out of here kind of days. Like it's just, it's just a roller coaster and I'm living on the emotions. And when it comes to like, I think, um, the culture that we currently live in, um, out of the two, I'll share the second in a, in a moment, I would say our culture probably leans more towards this idea that emotions are everything, right? The culture narrative is like, no one should ever tell you what is right, what is wrong, just do what you feel, right? No one should ever tell you anything about your sexuality. Sexuality is defined by what you feel. Right and wrong is defined by what you feel, so on and so forth. And so, again, that's the first one. Emotions are everything. Number two, if number one was spit it up. Number two is suck it up. This one is emotions are nothing. So, emotion number one, uh, or sorry, uh, category number one, the life motto was I feel, therefore I must. When it comes to suck it up, emotions are nothing, the life, the life motto is this, suppress, suppress, suppress. Don't let anyone see you smile, don't let anyone see you cry. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Uh, you have life mottos that get you through the day. Like, I don't actually even feel anything. No one can hurt me. Uh, your life, if, if emotions or everything is kind of up and down, um, the life of suck it up is like deadly consistent. I don't got good days. I don't got bad days. Don't got in between days. Every day is the same. Monday is the same as Tuesday. Tuesday is the same as Wednesday. Now, um, I'll just share about myself. Anyone that knows me, um, any guesses where I fall in the categories? So I thought, what, this, this is funny actually. Um, a, a little while back, I got a critique um, of my preaching saying that like I was overly emotional. Like it was just too emotional. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny because like if anyone knows me, I am like number two to a T. I'm suck it up. Emotions are nothing. Suppress, suppress, <laughs> suppress. It's really funny. I'll tell you guys a story. Um, I did a leadership thing, and one thing I said, I said, is leaders, um, leaders are not allowed to have bad days. And I remember Amy, she was like, um, Harrison, could you explain that? She's like, because she's a leader in our church. She's like, sometimes I do have bad days. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> like, I haven't had a bad day since 2008. What's going on? Um, but what I want us to understand is that uh, spit it up, emotions are everything, and suck it up, emotions are nothing. Uh, 
neither of these ways are how God has designed us to live. And so what I wanna do in this series is I wanna show us the third way. And the third way is this, it's engage. So I wanna answer this simple question, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Now for a lot of us, this is gonna be hard. And it's gonna be hard one of two ways. Number one, for those that feel so much, it's gonna be really an issue of like actually getting into it and understanding what are you actually feeling? What's your primary emotion? For those of us in the suck it up camp, what it is, it's gonna be digging through the concrete with a jackhammer <laughs> to bring up what's actually going on inside of you. Because here's the truth, I want us to understand something. All emotions that we experience are actually gifts from God. Every emotion. There is not one bad emotion that we feel. And so our job is not to be dominated by emotions, but to understand and engage them. In the same breath, our job is not to try to ignore the emotions that God has given us, but to understand them. What's really funny, um, and if you guys know me, again, I, I lean towards the, the no emotion, um, but a lot of times I speak more of a Bud as a Buddhist than I do as a Christian. Because what Buddhism is, it says the road to healing is to disconnect yourself from pain. Don't feel anything, don't experience anything, detach yourself. And I'm like, I kind of like that. But the truth is, that's Buddhism, not Christianity. And so what I want to do in this series is I want us to experience, number one, why do we have emotions? What are my emotions telling me? And God, how can you use this for good? So we're going to do a deep dive. So problem is me. We understand that? I need to understand me. Second, here's the last one, and it comes from James. James 4, verse 4, he says, gets harsh. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? So in the context of fights and quarrels, what James is saying, he's saying, you guys, the people he's speaking to, he's saying, when it comes to engaging the desires that are going on within you, he's saying, most of you guys aren't taking cues from God you're taking cues from somewhere else. You're taking cues from the world. You're taking cues from what you see on social media or maybe what people that don't even follow Jesus are telling you what to do. You see, when it comes to my, our emotions, I believe one of the things we have to do in this series is a little process of unlearning. Because some of us are going to have to unlearn some things that we have believed are truths that are actually lies. Listen, Cut off every single toxic person in your life. Don't ever speak to them again is not good advice. That's actually injecting a poison, not into them, but into you. And so the last thing I want us to understand as we go into this series, and I think it kind of helps with this season that we are in, James is saying, don't take cues from the world, but take cues from God. So I want to say it like this. As we go into this series, I want us to check our crew. Check your crew. And this is a play on words because our kingdom crews, which are our small groups, have just launched. And what I know is that you in this season need to be surrounded by some godly people that can say, hey, guess what? That might not be the best advice. I know that sounds really good, but that's actually killing you on the inside. And so I need people, listen to this, and I'm gonna make a pledge as the pastor, this is your church, I'm gonna make a pledge as your pastor 
I'm gonna share some things in this series you might not want to hear. But sometimes what I don't want to hear is exactly what I need to hear. And the truth is this, if I'm the only person in your life that will ever share what you don't want to hear, you need someone else. It can't just be someone from a microphone. I need someone that can intimately speak into my life and say, hey, guess what? You're crazy. Hey, guess what? That's unhealthy. Hey, guess what? They're not the issue. You are. But here's my hope. Jesus, in Luke chapter four, we're closing now. He comes to the synagogue one day, which is like their church, and he pulls open a scroll and he begins to read the book of Isaiah from the Old Testament. And what he's doing, he's proclaiming exactly why he came. And I want us to read this, these words very closely because I think a lot of us don't actually always know what and why Jesus came to earth. Because as I said, it was not just to forgive us from our sins. It says he opens it, Luke 4 verse 18, he begins to read. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blinds, to set liberty for those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So listen to this church. I know and I've been there and I'm still there many ways. There are many of us who have been oppressed and held captive by our emotions, by lies, by half-truths, by I think this is just who I am, by it'll always be this way, by I think I was just made this way. There are people in this room that have been held captive. But Jesus, when he came to earth, he said, I'm here to set the captives free. I'm here to give sight to the blind. You may not be physically blind, but maybe you've been blinded to see what God wants you to see. I'm believing by the power of the Holy Spirit over this next month, we are gonna receive sight. Those who are oppressed, those who are stuck in depression, anxiety, hopelessness, I am believing that hope is on the other end of this series. Come on, somebody. And I am here to double down on the words of Jesus. I'm here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Listen, what if this was the year? What if this was the year you got healthy? What if this was the year you experienced freedom? And I'm just believing this is the year. This is the time. This is the place. Can I, can I just pray for us? Can we stand for a second, church? If you're in this place right now and you're just saying, Harrison, you know what? I've been blaming, I've been shifting, I've been looking everywhere but inside. But I'm realizing, like, man, healing starts within. If that's you this morning, I would just love to pray for you and to pray with you. So if every head was bowed, every eye was closed, if you're saying, Harrison, I want to receive that prayer, could you just raise your hand or open your hands up just to receive? Jesus, God, we just believe in the power of your Holy Spirit. They can come, they can convict, they can open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us. So Jesus, I just pray that over these next four or five weeks, God, that you begin to do a work inside of us. 
Jesus, I just, I just pray for those of us that have been through some things. God, that you're just, your spirit comforts us, comes close to us. And God gives us the motivation to say, I'm gonna heal from that. My past will not be a prison. I'm not gonna hide, but God, I'm gonna walk into your light. Jesus, just do a work in us. We thank you. We love you. God, I'm just praying and believing for freedom. God, your word says it is for freedom that you have set us free. So God, that is my prayer. Begin to do a work, Jesus. We love you. We pray in your mighty, holy, awesome name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give Jesus... Thank you for listening to the message. We hope it blessed you and that you're encouraged and inspired. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.